0: Psalm, chapter 139, verse 1. To the Overseer, a psalm by David. King David wrote this for the director of music. And then the director of music would take it and create an arrangement, pick out the singers and the musicians, and decide on a time for it to be sung. Jehovah, thou hast searched me, and knowest. He knows our hearts. He knows every. Thing that nobody else knows, and he even knows things that you and I have forgotten. He knows sins that we did years ago and forgot all about, or thoughts that we had yesterday that we forgot. 2. Thou, thou hast known my sitting down and my rising up. Thou hast attended to my thoughts from afar. He knows when we've been victorious, and he knows when we're going out to war. He knows when we're resting and when we're working and he knows all of our thoughts, even though he is much higher than we are. 3. My path and my couch thou hast fanned, and with all my ways hast been acquainted. This is another way of saying that he knows when we are resting and when we are going forth to work, because your couch is what you rest on, and your path is where you walk to go where you need to do your work. The Lord knows all of our ways. He knows what we're planning on doing. He knows what's going to happen to us when we go out today, and He knows our thoughts. 4. For there is not a word in my tongue, Lo, O Jehovah, thou hast known it all. Even before we speak, He knows what we're going to say, or what we're afraid to say, or what we refuse to say. 5. Behind and before, thou hast besieged me, and thou dost place on me thy hand. To besiege is to encircle, and usually that's negative, but this is saying it in a positive way, that the Lord is making a protective hedge around the person. 6 Knowledge too wonderful for me, it hath been set on high, I am not able for it. We don't understand anything about God, really. It's laughable, what we think we know even after studying our whole lives. 7. Whither do I go from thy spirit, and whither from thy face do I flee? We can't hide from him, no matter where we go. 8. If I ascend the heavens, there thou art, and spread out a couch and shield, lo, thee. It says, if I go up to heaven, if you take me to heaven, you're there. But if I go down into the grave, you're there as well. You're everywhere. 9. I take the wings of morning. I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea. Whether we're flying in the sky like a bird, or in an airplane, or we are in the ocean like a fish, or in a submarine, he still knows where we are. 10. Also there thy hand doth lead me, and thy right hand doth hold me. If you're following him, he's holding you. 11. And I say, Surely darkness bruiseth me, then night is light to me." This is a metaphor saying that even if we are walking in the woods, we are not going to stumble over a stump or run into a tree trunk because the Lord will create light for us so that we can see where we are going. This is a metaphor for life because sometimes we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death and we don't know what's going to happen next. But the Lord will bring his light into our lives, and he'll give us direction when we have no clue what to do or where to go. 12. Also darkness hideth not from thee, and night as day shineth, as is darkness, so is light. To the Lord, it doesn't matter if it's dark or light, he can see everything. To the Lord, the darkness and the light are as good as each other, because he is light. And neither darkness nor light can conquer the Lord, or cause him any confusion. Thirteen, for thou, thou hast possessed my reins, thou dost cover me in my mother's belly. When we were in the womb, he concealed us, but he could see us even though nobody else could. Fourteen, I confess thee because that with wonders I have been distinguished. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul is knowing it well. The things that the Lord has done in our lives are incredible. Miracle after miracle, and revelation after revelation, and I know well how wonderful He is. 15. My substance was not hid from Thee when I was made in secret, curiously wrought in the lower part of earth. Seed comes out of nowhere from the ground, and we came from the ground as well. We came from dirt. That's how the Lord created us. And so in that metaphorical sense, we came from the earth. And the Lord could see us when we were still in the womb, before we were even formed. 16. Mine unformed substance thine eyes saw, and on thy book all of them are written, the days they were formed, and not one among them. The Lord saw all of our days on earth before even one day began, before the first day of our birth. He saw us when we were just a little fertilized egg and nothing more. 17 And to me how precious have been thy thoughts, O God, how great hath been their sum. We know that the Lord's thoughts are incredible, uncountable, and unfathomable, and unimaginable. We can't even figure out how an atom stays together. We can't even figure out how an eye blinks. Not really. Nobody can really explain it. Our understanding and our language doesn't even halfway cover all the facts of God. 18. I recount them. Those are the thoughts of God. Then, the sand they are more. I have waked, and I am still with thee. We can't even count how many thoughts God has. 19. Dost thou slay, O God, the wicked? Then, men of blood, turn aside from me. This is a rhetorical question. It's actually asking the Lord to kill David's enemies. But our enemies are the demons, and we do want the Lord to drive them out of our life, and ultimately to destroy them on Judgment Day, and he will. 20. Who exchange thee for wickedness? Lifted up to vanity are thine enemies. The demons believe that they're better than God. They choose wickedness over the Lord. 21. Do not I hate Jehovah, those hating thee, and with thy withstanders grieve myself. We're not allowed to hate people because we are people. So to hate our own doesn't make any sense, and it's a sin, because the Lord loves everybody. But the one things you can hate are the demons. It's okay to hate them, because they've already received eternal condemnation. They just haven't been given it yet, but they've already been judged. They will be condemned eternally. And they are the enemies, and it's okay to rebuke them and curse them. 22. With perfect hatred, I have hated them. Enemies they have become to me. David isn't talking about malicious hate, he's talking about intolerance of. We had read this in previous songs. He won't even let a wicked man work for him. He won't listen to a wicked man. He won't entertain a wicked man. He won't go along with the judgments of a wicked man. And here it says that he won't let pagans survive in his kingdom. They will be killed if they enter his kingdom. And all of that is righteousness. It's zeal for the Lord. He wants to eradicate sin from the land of Israel. And you and I should want to eradicate sin from our own land, which is our own soul. 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. We want the Lord to test our faith and test our love because we need to prove our faith and prove our love. If it's not proven, it isn't true. In other words, It's the hard times that make love real. That's why we have to have our love tested. 24 And see if a grievous way be in me, and lead me in a way age-during. David is asking the Lord to inspect his heart, see if there is any sin in it, and if there is sin, to lead him away from it. This is a prayer that you and I should pray every day for ourselves. Lord, teach me your ways, forgive me lead me in your path of righteousness, lead me out of sin, give me your perspective, change my mind and my heart. David was successful spiritually because he prayed for himself this way every day. Don't hesitate to pray for your own salvation on a regular basis. You need it and I need it as much as King David did. And that concludes Psalm chapter 139.